success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and rarely do they talk about it because quite frankly, that's not what creates success. Join us here where we will chat with fierce female entrepreneurs and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship and talk about the obstacles we have faced and how you can overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is the She's Invincible Podcast. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible podcast. And we have another invincible one to introduce you today. Today we have Renee Serban. She is a corneotherapy expert, industry educator, and speaker. Gives skincare professionals a true point of difference in the industry. How? By handing them the ultimate drawing card knowledge about the skin wrapped in savvy business strategy. Her keynotes and in-depth trainings educate on skin anatomy, physiology, and how to match cosmetic chemistry to specific skin conditions, helping clinic owners and solo estheticians to blow the roof off their in-clinic results and business growth by a 30% a year or more. Renee is... Cdesco and Sibtac certified, one of the world's few Pestach educators and proudly serves on the International Association of Applied Corneotherapy Educational Board. She personally swapped grooming services for corrective skincare the day she opened her appointment book and saw 10 hours of back, sacks, and cracks. Her, hence her motto, there's life after waxing. Oh my gosh. Hysterical. <laughs> I feel like I'm introducing a comedian. Welcome, Renee. Oh my gosh. From across the land. It is so great to have you here with us on the She's Invincible podcast. Thank you for having me. Such a pleasure. Yes. And I know some of that is a mouthful. It sounds way more complicated than it is. <laughs> Just that's my jam. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And so basically, you really help uh, women or anybody really, right? And businesses uh, with, with just education and growing their business and taking care of their skin. I love that. And I'm so excited to jump into this today. Oh, I tell you, I love what I do. So I could go for hours, but I'll try to behave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no problem. We don't cut anyone off here. So let's do this. Let's jump in. Let's tell our listeners how in the world did you get where you are today? And what makes you invincible? Well, you know, I think everybody has a wonderful story. And mine is certainly, you know, entrepreneurship is always not a straight line like people think. So I have to kind of think about where to start the journey. I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit and I come from a family of medical professionals. So not that anybody stood there and said, you shall go and study medicine or shall do this or shall do that. No, 
that's not the way it is, but you still have that self-perceived um, dialogue, right? So off I dragged my little butt to university, but I went to study business, which already is so different than the rest of my family in general. They're very academic and, you know, smart people, my brother, my sister, and so forth. They're very smart. And I decided to go do business studies with marketing after already having a little business or two as I was um, in high school. So I already had the taste of entrepreneurship and freedom when I did my last three years of um, school as homeschooling. So I remember sitting in this little shop that I set up and doing my homeschooling, selling clothes. Um, amongst other things. And off I went to business studies. And then before I did that, because of the homeschooling, I finished my uh, curriculum, my matriculation, as they call it over there in New Zealand at that time, a little bit earlier than the intake of the university um, curriculum. So I had six months of like, okay, twiddling my thumbs. And if you know me, that's not my style. I cannot sit still. So I'm like, okay, what can I do? And my brilliant entrepreneurial mind goes, found this nail technology course. So off I went to learn how to do nails because it's going to be cool to set my own schedule, see my own clients, do my own thing and just answer to no one really. And then I ended up actually working in a clinic instead of um, out of my home or student flat. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. Of course, that didn't work, but the clinic was wonderful and I joke and say I was bit by the beauty bug at that moment when I was sitting in the front, you know, when you go into clinics or salons, usually, you know, the nails are done like close to the reception area. So these wonderful women would come in and they disappear into the treatment room to have their facials and so forth. And then they come back literally walking like an inch taller, more confident with a pep in their stride. And it just fascinated me. So I did go to my mom and say, um, I want to study beauty therapy as aesthetics is called in New Zealand. And I thought that she was going to lose it because my mind was telling me, you know, you got to have like a university qualification. So she just looked at me and I knew she would ask. So she said, where do you go and study? How long is it going to take? What is the investment? And I had all the answers for her. So off I rambled them. And then she said, wonderful, but you must finish your academic year. Oh, mother, she was right. <laughs> so I did. And then I went to do um, beauty therapy and then that's where my bio comes and I come to realize that it's not quite what I thought it would be and ended up doing a lot more waxing than I was happy with <laughs> and had my moment of breakdown. Now, at that time, because I was making great money for my boss, obviously, doing very silky smooth waxing and I love waxing, don't get me wrong, but I want to be the recipient rather than the, than the executor. <laughs> so, um, but I was, I was being, building this reputation as the meanest wax in town. I was really good at it, still am if I really want to be, but um, it wasn't like inspiring me, igniting me, fueling me. So I was getting very jealous of people having more facials in their appointment books because that's always what like underlying. And I think that's where that medical background comes in. If you see acne and you see rosacea and things like that, it's like what's going on beneath the skin to cause these issues for women that can have deprimanding effects in terms of um, 
self-confidence and just how they present themselves to the world. It's, it's quite fascinating to me what an impact that can have in people's inner dialogue as well. So I went to do this training, very advanced training on anatomy, physiology, cosmetic chemistry with the prestige method of advanced skin analysis, which now I'm an educator for as well. And boy, the rest, as they say, is history because once you see, you can't unsee. And then it was like, okay, I am here on this earth to simplify skin for people. Um, and my, my zone of genius is actually simplifying it for my clients. But then I started educating in the industry and people telling me, okay, how do you have this conversation about long-term skin results of your clients? And I ended up doing a lot of consulting. So here I am with that. Some distribution opportunities came along. So I do a lot of non-product aligned education. I do some product aligned education. I'm a champion for corneotherapy, which is a big science in itself. Um, and a little bit, um, we're kind of pushing the norm of the industry, the rebel that I am. So I joined the other rebels in the industry <laughs> and we're pushing a very different way of approaching skin and getting mind-blowing results with things that is actually really simple to execute but the science is big and strong and modern so that's all the things that checks my skin nerd boxes and keeps me all excited but at the end of the day it all comes back to helping clients feel more comfortable in their own skin, which translates to helping them feel confident to also really run great businesses at the end of the day. Oh, I love that. And we are going to dig into that in just a minute because there is such an association between how you feel about yourself and the confidence and success, right? And oh, we are going to talk about all the things. But before we do, tell us, what makes you invincible? Me, it is perseverance. I will keep going, 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 um, that little bit extra. Um, I don't give up easily. When I truly believe in something, it's like you can't take my bone away. You can try, but you cannot. So, and I think that's my my hidden superpower, perhaps, is that I will I will push it that little bit further because I I do think that you know. It, if you can go just beyond that point of that moment, if, you know, of feeling, okay, I'm ready to give this up. It's like, you got to try just two more times and then, you know, see, so you got to kind of push beyond that own limitation that you put for yourself. And to me, that is like the perseverance. I'm a very persistent person. Um, you know, so yeah, I think that's my superpower at the end of the day. And that makes me invincible because I'm prepared to go to the edge and yes. sometimes a little bit beyond. <laughs> <laughs> always, isn't it? It is always that next step when you think you can't go any further and you can't do one more thing. It's that that's the place where you make it. I love that. And as this uh, conversation unfolds here and evolves, I can't wait to share with our listeners all the stories because then they'll understand even more about how invincible you really are. So this is just amazing. So today we're going to talk about the debunking, demystifying, uh, what people think about skin. Oh my gosh, tell us all the things we need to know. Okay. 
So you can do way less for your skin than you think you need to do and still have fabulous, healthy skin at any age. I just want women and men, but women in particular, because let's be real, that's kind of like the majority of people who I see. For men, they come when things go wrong. Women kind of are a little bit preemptive about these things. So I do work mostly with women. Um, but, you know, I think our industry is very, very naughty. Let's <laughs> say that, right? Because we put so much confusion out there to the point that we're actually confusing ourselves. So I think what I would like the public to know and understand is that, and my industry kind of doesn't like me saying this, so it's just a secret between us and all the listeners. 70% um, of an end result of your skin is in your own hands. It really is what you do at home on a daily basis. Your ST bestie, as I like to say, your esthetician, your cosmetic physician, your dermatologist, whoever you're going to go and see, they're going to add that 30%. Now, given we all want 100%. If your name is Renee, you want 120%. But, <laughs> but you, yes, it doesn't change the fact that, you, that what you do at home every day is actually the bigger part of the equation. It's just like your dental appointment that is awesome if you brush and floss every day. But if you don't brush and floss, good luck with that dental appointment that you have every six months or whatever. Um, you you know, nobody can bring you to the line. You can bring the horse to the water, but you can't make it drink. So you got to make those small but strategic decisions and that's in your power every single day, but it can be simple. Don't worry, you don't need 20 things. Very simple um, and efficient. So, and it just has to match the basic skin type that you have to begin with. And then if you have a great esthetician, they're going to bring corrective properties into your home care regime and support that with what you do in clinic. I do have some favorite things that I like to do in clinic, but if I have to choose where my clients are spending their money, I would far rather you spend your money on the right products at home that's going to give you the results than coming to lie on my treatment bed. Oh my gosh. Well, that is awesome. How about this? Let's give them a couple of ideas of Renee's favorites that they could do at home. Yes. Um, at home, I think it's as simple as a really good cleanser, toner, moisturizer, eye cream. I call that the fundamentals of skin and it has to match your skin type. Aging is not a skin type. Pigmentation is not a skin type. That's stuff that has gone wrong. You're one of three things. You're diffused redness. In other words, you're born with rosy cheeks and you will die with rosy cheeks. You're oily or you're dry and you can blame your relatives for it. It is the cards you're dealt genetically, basically. So your what you do on a daily basis has to support that skin type. And then if you have conditions that you want to chase, you can add um, corrective properties to support that. For aging, you can kind of have like vitamin A, vitamin B, vitamin C. A and C in particular is really great. Um, and for me and my world, I customize for my clients. So I love customizable skincare so that you don't have to remember, oh, I have to put vitamin A, vitamin B, vitamin C. It's okay. I just like magically put it into your 
potion, Cammy's magical potion, just for you. And you don't have to worry. You just still have to clean, tone and moisturize. That's it. So, um, so it's fun. And, you know, I kind of say to people, make your regime like your, you know, like your self-care moment, like add a mask and an exfoliant and a weekly regime that you can lock the kids outside the bathroom door and leave them to your husband or your significant other. And, you know, just take time for you. That is a big part of healthy skin, believe it or not. And yeah, um, clinically, Treatments that I love on top of my list is collagen induction therapy or dermal needling. LED, I love myself. LED, microcurrent, they're my favorites because they're in line with the science of corneotherapy. That means, let me explain that for a second. We protect the epidermis at all times. What does that mean? We protect the outermost layer of the skin. We're not going to blast you off, scrape you off, fry you off, and then rebuild it. We actually protect what you're naturally given and let the skin do what it's meant to do. Guess what? It's part of, it's the first line of defense of your body to the outside world. You cannot live without skin. This is how important my work is. You literally cannot live without skin. (laughs) So we want to keep it intact. And that's basically the fundamental concept of corneotherapy is to protect it, to um, help it renew and repair itself, the skin barrier function, to strengthen it, um, allowing it to do what it's meant to do. It sounds simple, but it's scientifically a little bit more complex than that. (laughs) Yes, yes. So here's a question for you. Um, Are all skincare lines equal? I wish I could say yes, but no, very much a big, big no. In fact, the wrong skincare can really aggravate conditions. I see it all the time. So I prefer like corneotherapy means we're chasing that has no preservatives, no fragrances, no emulsifiers in particular, no mineral oils, no silicones. The latter two are not biocompatible with your skin. So I prefer things that has a biocompatibility with skin, which is what we do with corneotherapy. We want to give the skin kind of what it naturally has, but just like anything else in the world, you know, we kind of don't nutritionally necessarily get that available to us so easily these days. We also live in a fast-paced environment and so oxidative stress um, from screens that we're talking on all day, especially as of late, um, all of those contributes to oxidative stress of the skin, which kind of accelerates the deterioration of our cells and speeds up the aging process ultimately. So um, we want to put things in that kind of pauses it or replenishes it and allows itself to protect us from the outside world the way it's meant to but you know we're sometimes the authors of our own misfortune so if I want to age as gracefully as my grandma who looked fabulous when she passed away at the age of 83 I have to do I'm gonna say in my opinion five times as much for my skin I live in a different world it's far more stressful far more faster paced far more polluted so yes I need to put in a little bit more effort than she had to Oh my gosh. And I didn't even think of that, of even just like being from this, you know, pandemic is everybody went home, they're in the screens and they have the light shining and 
that is also not good for you. So that leads me to my next question, which is sunshine. I love the beach. I love the warm weather. I love to go in the sun. Give us some tips about that because I know by the time you see people, right? As you said, like a lot of men come when there's a problem, right? So, uh, you know, <laughs> tell us what are the do's and don'ts here? How can we, how can we live in the life we love and still protect ourselves? Oh, I tell you, I have to say I have picked a rod for my own backside because I live in like a vacation bill where I am. Like summer comes, a light switches on and everybody just comes. I live by a massive lake. <laughs> so I have people like my husband says they're allowed to live their lives, Renee. And I'm like, but look, they're just lying on the beach and tanning with nothing on it. Like, oh, it's very difficult for me. But um. <laughs> I'm I'm a little bit bold as you might anticipate. So I just kind of tell people, sure, if you want to go and seek the tan, you gotta just accept the consequences that comes with it and that limits honestly and what I can achieve clinically for clients as well so there's certain treatments that I won't do in certain summer for example because they're just creating higher risk than necessary for my clients so certain things for best outcome will then reserve for the winter um I do my clients will tell you that I get like my one-on-one -on -one clients, they will tell you that I get in their minds and they'll literally go to Mexico after I've been doing their skin for six months. And then they say, I can hear you in my brain. <laughs> I'm like, good. <laughs> a tan literally is a scar, as my mentor used to say. If you've tanned, you've scarred your skin. So, okay, it's not that, but we kind of really don't want excessive sun exposure. And in today's day and age, we really don't want extensive, unprotected sun exposure. So I lived in New Zealand for many, many years, which has an extremely high rate of uh, skin cancer. So there it's kind of like the kids learn very early on to slip, slop and slap, they say, like, you know, slip on a shirt, um, slap on a hat, slop on your sunscreen. Um, and I think there's a lot to say, like, you know, like just be sun smart. So I'm not saying don't live your life, but there are consequences to pay for it, especially if like, okay, I live in the Okanagan Valley here in Canada, British Columbia. It's wine country. I have a massive lake by it. And if you have a person with a redhead gene, for example, that's usually of like a Celtic background, I, you, sh you know, I kind of joke to my clients and say that in theory, you should be under the cloud in Scotland most <laughs> of the year. So your skin is going to struggle a little bit hanging on the beach, you know, here in the Okanagan Valley. So, um, you know, because nobody is where they're originally from anymore, you kind of have to have an understanding how your cells behave towards the sun. So that, and that's what I say to people. I mean, you can dig into it or you can just be sun smart and save yourself the effort. Just be, you know, don't be in the sun in the middle of the day, seek the shade, you know, put on the sun protection, you know? Um, and yes, if you do get a burn, that's a whoops. And it's different if you're 20 than when you're 40. Sun damage in particular occurs in the first 20 years of life. 80% of sun damage occurs in the first 20 years of life. So just pause on that for a moment. 
And then if you accidentally get that extra sunburn on your 50th or 50, 50th or 40th birthday because you didn't really pay attention and you in your mind you're still 20, you're going to wake up the next day with some surprises in the mirror potentially. It always haunts you on a birthday with a zero or a five behind it. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, that's great. That is, that's great. Just, just that advice of, the, did, what did you say? Slip, slop. And slap. And slap. <laughs> oh my gosh. So your hat, your shirt, and your sunscreen. Love it. That's right. Yeah. Wow. I didn't ever think of that, that, you know, when you get a suntan, you're damaging your skin. Eek. We all do that, right? Because we just feel like we glow and we look healthier and then we feel better. Yeah. Oh, and I t- my mentor always said to me, she's like, we can't just say to people it's aging because, yeah, but it feels so good. But if I reposition it for you, so this is what I ask of our industry is educate the people. This is the, this is the era of information, the era of knowledge. People want to make informed decisions about what they're going to do with their skin, just as an example. I mean, everybody's like doing their research on anything they invest in. Same for skin. So I say to my clients, when you're talking to people about skin, you can't say, oh, it's going to accelerate your aging because people don't care. You can have Botox and fillers and it's going to fix it to a certain extent. It won't improve your skin health though, ladies and gentlemen, let me just say. But if I explain to you, UV exposure increases collagenase, it breaks down collagen fibrils. Now I'm not just talking jargon. There's actually a scientific chain reaction that happens in, in a you know cellular level that causes that. So it kind of just makes people take pause and think a little bit deeper than saying, "Oh, sun equals aging." Yes, but you know we, it is in our power again. Those choices that you make on a daily basis, isn't it? Yes, it is. And it's interesting that you say, and I've heard this before, but this is hitting harder now. Uh, that most of the damage that you get is like in those first years when up till 20. And so like now as parents or grandparents, we really need to make sure we're hitting this home, right? To the children that are on the beach, that are swimming, make sure they're covered. Uh, there's, you know, for us, we have to be smart, but but they're now they're the others that are getting that damage. So, and they're counting on us. They have no idea, Right. Well, 100%. And we get wise. It's true, you get wiser as time goes on, because these things kind of meet you in the mirror later in life. So you don't realize until the zero or the 545, you know, or so then you're like, Oh, yes, my mother was right. So I try to be a big advocate for my kids. And even my, um, my oldest son, he's pretty good at knowing that he mom will definitely say, sorry, man, too bad. So sad you are swimming in a sun shirt because we're on the lake like for half a day. And then he's like, but my friends don't have to wear a sun shirt and I, their mom doesn't work in skin. I don't care, but I'm not going to increase your risk for skin cancer later in life, especially knowing what I know. So if I have to sit on them and slather them in sunscreen, sunscreen, that's what I do. <laughs> oh my gosh. So when I have two things to say so about that, or it's one to ask you, but uh, I'm thinking like we should teach our kids about sunscreen the way we do about buckling up when they get into the car, right? Like when you get in yes. the car, you put on your seatbelt and this is how you protect yourself. And when you go out on, in the sun, you should cover up because this is how you protect yourself. And I think maybe we need to drive that home some more. 
Oh my gosh. And then the, the thing I want to ask you is about so skin cancer. So there's not a lot of 20 year olds that are getting skin cancer, even though we know that that damage is happening up to that point. So um, it's, it, it's it like, if you're 30, you know, what do you do? <laughs> like, you know, you've already had all 20 years of damage. Like now is it just the joker, whatever, whatever card gets pulled <laughs> or it's not like you can protect yourself at that point. Well, and this is the fun, the, the, well, it's not funny, but it's a sad reality that a lot of most other cancers are actually like statistically on the decline. Skin cancer is on an incline, but it is the most preventable type of cancer out there so it breaks my heart when i when i read the statistics which i usually dig into once a year um so it, it, it's exactly like going back and that's where new zealand i have to give them kudos to that that they're really good at instilling that even like when the kids go out for lunch or recess they have like the sunscreen at the door before the kids go out you go out of your hat and sunscreen otherwise you stay indoors so just as simple as that, like really ingrain it, like wonderful. So um, absolutely, it is our responsibility to treat, teach sons smart, just like anything else. We have to also have to teach our children to brush their teeth. Sad to say it's no different. And I know I have two. Ugh, I, it's like a constant daily reminder, 20 million times a day. Yes, I get it. Drives me crazy. I love them. But yes, parenting is hard, right? <laughs> So, um, yes, you got to instill that, but it is preventable. And then like anything else, early detection is like the best. So if you are a person with Celtic background, you are a person with freckles and moles and things, you got to have them checked frequently and have that self-awareness that if something changes, um, the look and the feel and the texture of it changes, you don't second guess it, you got to check it out because the thing with malignant melanoma in particular is that it's like an iceberg often what you see at the top is like just the tip of the iceberg it's like you know big underneath so especially if it's on areas like a nose and so forth surgery for these things can be extremely defiguring so it's you're better off just doing the sun protection to begin with so an early detection the earlier you can get it the better so Yes. Oh my gosh. This is such great advice. Oh, this is amazing. Yeah. I know for me, I go to the dermatologist every year and I do the entire body check now because like I grew up spending holidays in Florida with a lot of Canadians. So I love that you're from, you're in Canada now. Um, <laughs> but I used to get sun poison on my legs and every single year, it, I know you think my mom would like put the sunscreen on, right. Or at least get it and tell me to, <laughs> but you know, that was years ago before they did all, they were still putting uh, baby oil and the cure chrome together to get a suntan out at the pool in Miami. Exactly. Right. <laughs> but oh I do like, I, I often am like always looking at my legs thinking, oh, is this ever going to show up? Right. Because that was like my whole childhood. Exactly. So got to be aware, right? Especially when you now know that. So, and I say it's never too late to start to begin with, but if you have that history, it's like, take your eyes to the zone and self-inspect frequently. Oh, I love it. I love it. Anything else? I know we got on this other track, so I want to go back to, <laughs> I know, because 
I feel like I have this open book right here. I can ask you anything. And I'm trying to think ahead, like, what do our listeners need to hear, right? Um, because you're an expert in so many areas. Not only did you practice it, but you teach it. And you're you're an educator around the world. That's just amazing to me. So I, I don't want to miss one thing that we could learn from Aww. you today. <laughs> but what else, do, is there anything else that you want to share with us about um, skin, about this therapy and anything else that you want to share? No, I think with corneal therapy, you know, I love the, the thing about corneal therapy. I think we, we choose to um, aim big equipment at people way too fast. So if you are like pursuing like more advanced technology for treatments, you got to ask yourself if the esthetician or physician that you're working with, are they prepping your skin appropriately, then doing the treatment and then have a aftercare program in place? Because what you want, I always have a preparatory plan for clients and it sometimes drives them crazy, but that's what we I teach all my clinical clients and they do the same with their clients who's on the receiving end of these very powerful treatments. So A, is it what you need? B, if you pull out the biggest gun to point at someone's skin right now, what do you move on to later? Because we're all chronologically aging. I'm sad to say like, <laughs> there's potentially slowing it down, but there's no stopping cells from aging for our entire body. So yes, we're going to mature whether you like it or not. We try to do it gracefully, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, leave some things that you can lean on later if you need to. So I always ask, you know, is the, uh, the contraindications is the risk and benefit, you know, ratio adequate for my clients? Is this what they need right now? Are their skin healthy enough to recover really quick from any treatment that I might cover? That's why my approach is non-ablative because then I know I really don't have too much concern about those things and I still get amazing results for people's skin. Um, and also if people are pointing technology at your skin, preparatory treatment is always beneficial. Um, and this is basically a series of doing the right things at home with the right skincare that's going to support the outcare and the outcome of the treatment that you're about to embark on. But if your skin is in best possible position to receive the treatment, you're always going to have a better outcome. So to me, it makes very logical sense that now I'm going to give my clients the best result for their investment. I'm not going to try and chase it later on. And also, you want to work with somebody who understands the underlying causes of the conditions that you're presenting to them, because otherwise, you're going to be back every year to treat the exact same thing. Mm. So... When I work on people's skin, I want the results that we get to be as sustainable as possible. I want it to last. I prefer that they don't have to come and redo for exactly the same thing because we missed what the underlying cause or the trigger to the condition is to begin with. Much rather try and discover that. And sometimes it means we have to manage it. And sometimes it means that we can address it. Then everybody is happier and we all can spend more money on other things as well. I love it. We all like shopping, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So you're in Canada. Do you do anything virtual as far as consulting or things like that, that people that maybe are in the U.S. can take advantage mm -hmm. of? 
In the industry, I definitely do like industry education for other institutions and so forth. I have a huge network of people because I do so much education around the globe. And while people can be helped virtually, I still think there's nothing beats hands on in our industry. So I generally will have to say I get a lot of inquiries and spend many hours um, connecting people with with a a, a trusted um, esthetician in their area area if and when possible and if not then we go that next step but if I can have somebody with um with the right skill set um in their area I think that it's better uh, it's the best outcome that way so I like referring um whenever possible because there's no point in me like treating somebody on the other side of the world if I can't get my hands on them necessarily and also there's lots of like you know uh, licensing and things in place Um, I can't just hop down and do things for people down there either um because the licensing rules there is different in the states than up in Canada so I, I think yes the you know as women we often feel like oh I want to do it all myself Honestly, I get better results by just standing on shoulders of colleagues and so forth and sharing the love. Um, this industry in particular is very competitive like that. And I think we're, you know, we're kind of cutting ourselves off at our heels, basically. Um, I hate that about the industry, to be blunt. So, yes, to me, if I know somebody near you who is a rock star esthetician, even better if they're a corneotherapist, I'm going to hook you up with someone magical that you get the best outcome for your skin. That's my intent. Um, So I don't worry about, you know, referring people. I don't feel like I'm losing business. In fact, it always comes back to you. So, I love that. I love the law of reciprocity, right? Oh, bring it on. I love that. Everyone can support everyone. Well, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for all of this information. Such a great conversation and education for everyone out there uh, to live a healthier lifestyle and starting with their skin, right? Uh, Let's do this. Let's tell our listeners where they can find you. The easiest place is reneesurbon.com. That's Renee with one E. So R-E-N-E-S-E-R-B-O-N.com. I hang on social media all the time. I know I shouldn't, but I love it. <laughs> so, um, but all my links to all the socials is right on that website. So I think reneesurbon.com will point you in all the right directions. I'm pretty easy to find. I love it. And for our listeners, everything is in the show notes. So while you're listening here, just click on those show notes and you can click right over to the link to get right to Renee with anything. And we'd love for you to connect with her. And uh, this has just been amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. You know, on the She's Invincible podcast, we promise our listeners we're going to bring them fierce female entrepreneurs. We are going to spotlight their expert zone of genius, which, oh my gosh, we have done that so well today with you and brought so (laughs) much value and education to the listeners. But we cannot let you go uh, because we also (laughs) promised them that we are going to highlight you and your success and accomplishments, but we are also going to pull back the curtain because you know, as well as I do, that women are out there every day, as you mentioned, social media, comparing themselves, right? Oh, she's beautiful. She's smart. She's this. Her skin is great, right? They have no idea what it took for Renee to become the Renee that she is today. And so we're here right now (laughs) to pull back the curtain and we're going to share with our listeners 
because they need encouragement right now. They are they are navigating through, you know, this two-year pandemic. They are trying to reinvent themselves. They are discouraged. They need the hope that you can provide for them today in just in your journey to be able to say, hey, you guys, look, this is what I had to go through for this success that I have. And you're going to have to make that decision too. And so let's do it. Are you ready? I feel so naked, but (laughs) yes, go for it. Let's do it. (laughs) Transparency coming. (laughs) Yes, authentic, 100% all the way. Well, we're going to make it easy for you because we're going to start with the good. I love to hear the good. It is such a fun, fun time of my interviews. So share with us the story of the good or the great part of your journey. The good. I'm, I am a naturally competitive person. So like, you know, switching that mindset and like going, okay, how can I work with people without feeling that, you know, like if you see somebody who's successful, it doesn't mean that it's, you know, in spite of me that I, that they're stealing a portion of mine that we, you know, that we could all be successful. Right. So for me, the biggest um, honor in my career so far was that vote of confidence. Cause we all like to hear that we do good at what we do. So the biggest vote of confidence for me was when my mentor bestowed um, a recognition as a prestige recognized educator on me. And um, I was asked me to to start training alongside her. It blew my mind. And then that was followed years later by being asked to serve on the board of education for the International Association of Applied Corneal Therapy. And then I got to participate in a few other, um, you know, contributing to curriculums for some medical aesthetics um, companies or um, bodies, shall I say. Um, And to me, it just blows my mind. It's not something that you go, oh, you know, you serve on the board of education and you're prestige educator, because at the end of the day, the people that I work with, they might notice it and they might not notice it, but it was that internal thing is like, wow. This to me internally is a big deal. So that is like my good. I love it when when the people you strive to be like actually take note. I love what you just said. And and here's what I heard. In in my interpretation, I heard what you said, but to the listeners, what I heard was. Oh my gosh, if you are stuck or you are struggling, go back and look at what you have accomplished because it is that internal accomplishment that not so much you have to wear the banner or tell everyone, right? I'm so good they chose me, but go back Mm. to that. Go find your way back to your greatest accomplishment, that greatest part of your journey and stay there for a little bit, right? And take that back in. Yes, like what matters to you? Yeah, yes. when nobody else is watching, like what what stands out to you and nobody else is watching? Yes. Yes, and how do you power yourself back up, right? So like, you know, that is a, such a great route to go back to. I love that. Congratulations to you for that accomplishment. And thank you thank for sharing you. that here with us. That is amazing. 
And that has been so fun, but you know what? We have to talk about the bad. <laughs> so could you tell us? I know, you know, you can't have success without those obstacles, right? Those are, you know, we go through them and they're so difficult, but we look back and we're so grateful because those are the things that made the difference that take us to that next place. So tell us a story about your bad. I think a hundred percent, you know, like what doesn't break you makes you stronger. And I'm a great advocate for a personal improvement. I've always had an interest in like human resource and how, and how, you know, as a strong personality, I am often interpreted different than I intend. <laughs> so I've had to do like a lot of personal development to learn, okay, how can I deliver a message to somebody who perhaps has a softer edge than I do? And I, I make no apologies for it, but if I could either be like right and just talk the way I do, or I can just think about how I can communicate with somebody in a way that resonates and they really hear what I am intending to say. Um, so that is like a big difference. But it, initially, I have to say that it was very difficult because you're the self-talk. And I think we're all our own worst enemies for that that little devil on the shoulder that gets, who are you to? Or why do you have to change the way when they should be changing their way? It's like, because then I get further, <laughs> they can hear me and they understand me better. Um but the, the fear um, can sometimes be deafening your, in your own mind. So, you know, in your own confidence. So, you know, I was very lucky in my time, especially when I was considering things like distribution and the vote of confidence from a few key people that kind of just looked at me and made me decide to feel the fear and do it anyway, kind of grab the bull by the horns and, you know, trust that you actually have what it takes and then that comparison thing, I'm so bad with that. I, I, hope, I hope I'm not the only one, but it's like that competitive nature kind of wants to rear its ugly head all the time. So I have to remind myself constantly that I am where I'm supposed to be, where anybody else who do things even similar than I do, it doesn't matter that you know that as i say like it doesn't mean that i won't achieve what i want to achieve we're not we're not even running the same race i'm running my own race so to say so you know just trying to keep that external messaging like out and like really just like hear myself um is is a, is a tough thing and it trips me up all the time um and then but it does you know like thinking oh what if i could have and should have and that self talk that keeps you up at night you know is is absolutely horrible so i really try to like tell that devil on my shoulders like you don't get to dictate this for me i get to dictate it so override that messaging all the time for yourself um and i do think we're all guilty of it to a greater or lesser extent, you know, as time goes on. And some days I'm great at it and other days I am terrible at it. And then from a um, strategic and like a tangible point of view and business cash flow, I wish I could say that it's just like constant and so forth, but it is, it has been in my business of almost 11 years now. It is the thing that trips me up all the time. I'm sure one day I'll learn the real lesson and how to conquer it. If anybody has the secrets, let me know. But when you're scaling and investing a lot back into your business, that that it's horrible. That's a bad side of business. It's like you, you kind of need to put it in, but the money is not always there at the moment you want it. So I always joke and say, 
it's not that the money is not there to do the thing that I now want to invest and to grow. It's just that it's not there right now. And I'm so impatient. I wanted it yesterday. But yes, I've really had to reform business um, and actually harnessing the cash flow thing better. And I'm way better at it than I was 10 years ago. But every now and then I still kind of look at something and I go and convince myself that it's an awesome idea to invest in it and trip myself up a little bit. And that's okay too, as long as you pursue, keep pursuing, um, you know, we get there. But um, yeah, sometimes if you save in advance, I'd say you'd live a less stressful life. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And if only, right, your bank account grows as fast as your mind can expand with imagination and vision, right? Of like where oh, you yes. want to go in the next place in real time, and right? People, right? Sometimes you want to, the right people in place. I'm really strong, and, and you know, my team consists of people that I like to hang out with, and even my clients, the people that I genuinely like. For me, that's a big thing. So I I would pause in getting the right people in the place. Um, you know, I just won't warm a seat just for the sake of it. They have to be the right people. So, which is perhaps not the best approach, but um, that's just <laughs> the way I go. So, um, yes, we're a tight-knit group and we love it. So, um, but yes, like growing the people, the money, yes, cash flow, cash flow. But you know what? At the end of the day, Money is the language of business. So you have to learn to harness it. And the faster you do it in business, the better. Oh, I love that. And, you know, we have a few money experts on the She's Invincible podcast. So I'll encourage you to look them up and listen in because there's some really good stuff there. Oh, my gosh. Can I, well, can I just, I want yes. to say that because I say this to my own clients. So I've listened to a few of, of, of them, uh, the Your Money Experts as well. And here's the thing I'm outing myself here because I say this to my own clients. It doesn't matter if you know it. It matters if you implement it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so guilty, guilty. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's one of my favorite sayings is I know, you know, but do you understand, right? Like you think you can have all the knowledge, but if you don't really understand how that is going to, you know, help you or move you, then sometimes it's not enough knowing it's the execution. I love that you said that. Awesome. 100%. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. I love that. Oh gosh. Okay. So now we're going, we are going, this is your most nakedness <laughs> of all. We're going. <laughs> <laughs> for ugly and we're going to share. So um, yeah, let's do it. Let's just hold. Yeah. Take a deep breath. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. All right. I'm actually quite happy to talk about this because I think on the outside looking and people don't realize the steps and you know, the, the battles that you've had to go through to get where you are. And I'm no different than anybody else. So um, yes, I think the the ugly this is what we want to know <laughs> i love that you do this in your podcast <laughs> then I, I kind of feel like okay i'm not on my own this is wonderful um i started my business with a business partner um way back when 10 years 11 years ago and initially i really i have to say and this is where the devil on the shoulder really can wreck my m as well i honestly did not think that i could do this myself so I felt that I needed the other person and I put a lot of the validation of our company in the other person. 
And then a few years in, and when even when we started the business, I shared with the with, with my business partner that we and my husband and I have been trying to get pregnant for a while, and we're just not as lucky for things to happen according to our time schedule. And a lot of grief and sadness in the process. You know, we've had uh, two miscarriages. We had to have some help to get pregnant, and you know, a rough ride. We kind of definitely not as rough as other people. So I'm not, not even complaining about that, but we were blessed with a positive pregnant result at a very inconvenient time or unexpected time. I should say, I remember I was going to Vancouver. We had a big trade show there, an annual big trade show. I just had another negative pregnancy test. So we were just filling the prescription for the next round of medication needed. This might be sharing too much, but no, you're I'm good. sure somebody else it will resonate. So we go and um, I, I, I feel sick like the week before we have to go. And I have like a full slate trade show and three days of training. One of the tra training was for people coming internationally, like from the East Coast, from the States, flying up to do this whole masterclass on pigmentation. It was, I remember it like yesterday. Now, my dad's a physician as well, mind you. So I go to the doctor the week before because I'm feeling like I can't breathe. And the doctor says, so what's going on? What do you have going on? Um, you know, and I tell him I have this trade show and he's like, this is an, like, this is anxiety. You're having like an anxiety attack. And I know people have anxiety attacks and I'm very familiar with things like depression and so forth. We, you know, um, but I've never in my life had an anxiety attack. And I say to him, look, this is like, uh, I know people are flying, but this is for 15 people. I've spoken in front of 500, a thousand people. It, like, honestly, it's not rattling my cage at all to deliver this content. I don't think it's an anxiety attack. He's like, no, it is. You'll be fine. You'll be fine after, after the weekend. Wow. <laughs> I arrive in Vancouver which is um, like a one hour flight from where I am. And in the end, I remember looking at my clock was now like, okay, nine o'clock is coming and the people are arriving at nine and it's 5am and I am sweating. I have hot and cold and don't know what's going on. This whole situation is just getting worse. I phoned my dad when I felt it's like reasonable hours for him. And I'm like, dad, like, I feel like I'm having a heart attack. And he's like, run your symptoms. <laughs> and I said like, I, oh, um, th this and this and this and that. And he's like, mm, yeah, that could be a heart attack, but I don't think it is. <laughs> so then I say to him that I feel hot. And then the next minute cold and he's like, you know, it sounds like a gallstone. Like, I think you have a gallstone. So I said, well, I have training starting at nine. So what can I do until five when it's over? He's like, no, you kind of need to go to the hospital. <laughs> and I'm like, don't have time. So I remember like pushing through the training, like, don't do that, people, just listen to your body. But I pushed through the training The people were giving me like um, drinks. There are a few lovely ladies that kind of joined me. And I remember five o'clock, I phoned the bowel guys and said, please help me take the stuff to my room. I dumped it all out, including making the mistake to dump out my whole handbag to go to the hospital. And I see them, it was a training hospital and they're like hovering around and, you know, I, I had an EKG, whatever they call it for your heart, EGC for your heart and whatever else. And then they scan me and they're like gallstones. And I'm like, look, I have to cancel my training for tomorrow already. This is already down the drain. Just 
take it out if that's what you need to do. And then they're like, we can't operate. You're pregnant. (laughs) I'm sitting there with 3% life on my cell phone. My husband's at home. I'm all the way out in Vancouver. We've been struggling. And I'm like, yay. Ooh. Like, I did not want to text them or phone the news through to say, oh, hey, by the way, (laughs) I'm in hospital. Don't panic. My phone's about to dry and I'm pregnant. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (gasps) Yes. So I had to, so, so you know, kind of like a big thing. But anyway, so this is just an example of like how difficult it was for us to actually get pregnant and stuff. But anyway, my first um, and it was so hard to get pregnant to begin with. We uh, we are like, okay, we have um, we're pregnant, and I let my business partner know. And um, it, it, at the time, uh, my business partner decided to go to New Zealand to do some training in his zone of genius out there, and missed this trade show the year that um, my oldest was born. And I was livid. I was frankly. I don't know if I can say this, but I was pissed. So <laughs> I'm doing our end of your books as well and saying, okay, sending an email to say, this is what needs to be changed. My mother has been doing our shipping. We really need to start paying her because it's an expense that we're like not really paying. So it's a big trap to fall in in business if you're not actually paying what will really cost you money in the real world, <laughs> if I can put it that way. And a few other things that I that I emailed that needs to change. And the message that came back to me was bowing out. And my baby's three months old. Oh. I was like, um, I kind of thought that you're going to like be the person for the first year of this baby's life, perhaps like running, you know, taking over some stuff in the business. I bawled my eyes out. I didn't know how I was going to do it or what I was going to do. And my mom looks at me, she goes, Rena, you're already doing all the booking. You're doing the, you know, the, the finances, the bookwork, the training, all these things. It's like, it doesn't matter. You can do this. You're like, it, it's fine. You've, you've got this. And then my, my mentor basically threatened my life and said, you're doing this. <laughs> and you're going to be fine. But I did not think that people will want to stay with me if my business partner exited. And it was a big turn. And then also like, how do I get new people? I have a three month old. I can't, it's not like I can go and do all the training and things like I usually did on the road. But let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that year, my business grew like my child, 59%. 59 percent and what i did was that i can't go out and you know prospect like we normally would i literally had no choice but just put a pause on things and say hey what i can do is serve the people that i already have in my orb the best that i possibly can and help them grow as much as they can in this year until i can travel again more easily and grow but for this year I'm just like making sure that I'm serving the best that I can to the people that I can. And the numbers show that, that the best that I could was more than enough. That is amazing. So. Oh my gosh. And, and that's ugly, yes. right? So I have one question. What happened with the gallstones? With the, oh, oh, I had to go, 
I had to go. So this is like real life entrepreneurship. I had to get my my uh, goal stands removed in my second my my goal bladder removed in my second trimester because I ended up with pancreatitis, like yellow jaundice, and that's very uh, potentially fatal in the third trimester. So I opted to have the removal, but I had to wait for my second trimester to do it. I was a guest speaker at a conference in <laughs> that May. So I remember the doctor saying, yes, yeah, so that's not happening because he gave me a date of like the 2nd of May. And I said, yeah, I'm not here. I'm in Germany then. And he's like, uh, no, you're not. And I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> so he moved. I had to move the surgery a little bit later. And then I got an abscess a week later. I was back in hospital for five weeks. It's really embarrassing when you actually go to deliver your baby and the nurses tell you, oh, it's lovely to see you under better circumstances. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is so crazy. First of all, I didn't even know that they could take your, uh, your, gallbladder or anything out right any of those things while Neither you're pregnant <laughs> and how scary was that after you had had trouble having a baby and lost a few that you're now you're on a table I can't even imagine and, talk about your fight funny. song <laughs> oh I ta- I know right I actually say that part of it was fine but when I had to go back I had c-sections you know, long stories, but ended up having a C-section as well. Um, And it was when I went back and they had to give me the spinal, I had a little mini panic attack (laughs) at that time because it was just like one hospital visit too many in one year. (laughs) I can't even imagine how afraid (laughs) uh, with all of that you had to be. And yet look at you now, we're laughing about this. Like, oh my goodness. I guess you just have to believe in miracles, right? If you're going to have a miracle, you're going to have a miracle no matter what that looks like. And you just have to believe in that, right? It all turns out okay. You know, you just like take a breath and like, as I said, just like put one foot in front of the other and just keep going. (laughs) This has been such an amazing and fun conversation. Oh my gosh. Well, to our listeners, man, if she could do this, you could do anything. Oh, just be like Renee, right? Just be like <laughs> Renee, stand up and fight. Yeah, be persistent. Be persistent, yes. And like, honestly, I look for people who inspire me too. So it's like, okay, we all have those moments. So yes, like borrow strength from someone else in the moments you need to, it's fine. That is exactly what we're all about here. That is exactly it. I really believe that as entrepreneurs, once we figure it out, we need to go tell the others, right? And even if it's Mm -hmm. not knowledge, even if it's just hope and inspiration and encouragement, uh, we have to tell them we do. So before we tell them, um, I would love to have you finish this sentence for me. Are you ready? Yes. The world would be a better place if more people knew blank. Oh, it's such a good question. To me, I think I wish I knew this earlier. So if more people knew that there is a ray of sunshine for everybody, I want everybody to realize the world would be better if we all just realize you have a place under the sun, just like everybody else. Somebody else standing under it doesn't mean that you don't get the sunshine. 
in a nutshell. I love that so much, Renee. Thank you so much for being here. And to our listeners, I don't know where you are in your life or your business, but if you are face down on the ground right now, get back up, girl. Get back up. Tell them, Renee. Yes, get back up. Put the next step in front of the previous. You've got this. You can do it. Get back up, girls. Get back up. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a review, and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at camilehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you.